Public service announcement. I have just temporarily closed the doors to Lifestyle Business School. If you are a current or aspiring expertise-based business that has a business, courses, coaching, masterminds, where you are divorcing your value from your time, or that is the business model that you want, you likely know that Lifestyle Business School is the program that I have been tirelessly working on over the last six months to build out six comprehensive playbooks, which basically lay out the entire path. It has everything from business model design to offer creation, to back-end delivery, to driving traffic, live launch campaigns, automated campaigns, everything you could possibly need to start or grow a leveraged expertise-based business to the lifestyle business sweet spot. Now, never fear because we've only temporarily closed the doors and we have added a wait list. So if you head to lifestylebusiness.school forward slash join, pop your name on the wait list and you are going to be notified when we open up the doors with everything built out, which is super exciting. And all of the exciting changes that we have made to the program as well, which we will share in due course. But in order to get the special VIP bonuses, when we do open the door, I want you to go and pop your name on the wait list now. So that is going to be lifestylebusiness.school forward slash join, put your name on the wait list, and you will be the first to be notified when we open up the doors with everything built out with a lot of exciting changes and with pretty much the best deal under the sun. All right, let's get into today's podcast episode. You're listening to the Stevie Says Social Podcast, episode 23. If you've got big business dreams, but you're feeling stuck when it comes to all things digital, social media, and content marketing, this is the podcast for you. This episode is brought to you by my free 20-page ebook with 100 really practical social media tips for your business. Grab them at steviesayssocial.com forward slash ebook. Welcome to episode 23 of the Stevie Says Social podcast. Today I am chatting to Fee and she is the owner of Girl Friday IP, which is an IP company that specializes in patents, trademarks, designs, all of that sort of thing, which when you kind of think of it, you think boring, right? Wrong. Fee is the perfect example of a company that understands the importance of branding and social media in order to completely set yourself apart from your competitors. If you are in a service industry or if you consider yourself somewhat of an unsexy industry, this is the episode for you. This episode is all about how thinking like a lifestyle brand can completely transform what you do. And I was so excited to speak to Fee because She's doing things completely different to anyone else that I've seen in the industry. We chat about a whole heap of things in this episode, everything from why Fee decided to go out on her own and start her own business, the bravery and courage that it takes to do so, why she chose Girl Friday as her business name, 
why professional service firms should think like lifestyle brands, the impact of injecting your personality into what you do, the impact that blogging can have on your business. And guys, there is so much more. Head over to steviesayssocial.com forward slash 23 to get the show notes for this particular episode. And Let's dive in. And guys, as always, if you enjoy this episode, I would be so grateful if you would head over to iTunes, subscribe, and then leave a rating and a review. Okay, let's dive in. Hey, Fiona, welcome to the podcast. Hey, Stevie. How are you going? Good. How are you? Good. Thank you so much for inviting me to have a chat. I've been wanting to catch up with you for quite some time, as you know. <laughs> I know. I know. And actually, we were, we were just having a chat before we actually started the podcast. And I've just realized that you have moved from Brisbane to Perth. I loved everyone that I have met and made friends with in um, Brisbane, but I had to fly to the other side of the country to escape your humidity. (laughs) (laughs) It's so devastating because I was so hoping to actually meet you in person. We've kind of been internet friends for a little while now. so (laughs) I know. It's so funny. I feel like I know people intimately within various business and social circles, like through Instagram and stuff like that, but haven't had the opportunity to meet yet. So I'm super keen to let the listeners know a little bit about your story because you've got such a cool brand and your own business, obviously working in IP. Keen to know a little bit about how you ended up there. I am. I have a really strange background, even by IP attorney standards, which is I did a forensic and analytical chemistry degree. Wow. um, In my like first year, three year. Yeah. I got caught up in the spiral of like CSI when it was like out and then (laughs) realized that (laughs) and realized the forensics industry in Australia is very, very niche. And generally speaking, you sort of go through the police force to sort of get promoted internally, I suppose. So, um, and then after all that, um, three weeks out of uni, I ended up getting a job with a company that makes malt for beer. What? Makes malt for beer. So I was like malting and micro-malting and brewing um, with a company in Adelaide, uh, which is where I'm from originally. What a skill. Yeah, it's really, really odd. <laughs> um, and so I was doing, um, yeah, sort of some R&D, like um, chemistry and quality um, chemistry testing, analytical testing with them. Um, loved the sort of work I was doing, but, you know, like most lab jobs, there's sort of very little progression, I suppose. And yeah, I, I literally fell into um, intellectual property. I sort of applied for this um, trainee patent attorney position, had no idea what a patent attorney was. Thank God for Wikipedia. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, Googling it before you oh, went in. Totes, right. And so I, I sort of, yeah, looked up what they did, had no idea, and I wasn't about to bluff them. And I simply said, look, I have no idea what a patent attorney does, but I'm totally you know, here and willing to learn. And the rest is history. And that was back in 2008. So I've been in the profession now for coming on 10 years, which makes me feel really, really old. <laughs> yeah, I know that feeling. It's so crazy, hey, when you can say that something yeah. you did 10 years ago was like, yeah, it's yeah. just weird. <laughs> and my, um, my time in Brisbane, though, funnily enough, I spent on the other side of the fence doing more commercialization of IP. Um, I was with one of the big research institutes and um, commercialization is really funny. It's, it's a really important role, but for me, I really miss the nitty gritty sort of stuff 
um, in terms of strategizing around appropriate IP strategies for business and things like that. And commercialization makes me feel a little bit icky sometimes. It's a bit of a like car salesman job. No offense to anyone out there obviously doing it. Um, <laughs> and so I thought, you know what, um, I really love the work that I, I was doing in a private practice sort of setting. Uh, why not do it for myself? Much like most people, like your story, everyone else's stories. It's just there's got to be a better way to do it. I'm not saying that I'm doing anything revolutionary, but I'm going to give it a red-hot crack and I don't want to sign up to the nine-to-five and, in fact, I don't want to sign up to the traditional way of doing things. There's better and smarter ways of doing things, I think, which is the motivation for most people and you enjoy it, so why not make the most of it? Yeah, that's so inspiring and, to be honest, that's exactly kind of what I was thinking when I kind of made the leap and went in to do it and you are you know, a few steps ahead of so many people that literally are kind of too scared to even take that big step and go out on their own. It's something that I think a lot of people dream about doing, but then never actually kind of, I guess it takes like, you know, a truckload of courage and bravery to actually do it. Yeah. And look, I, I was, I have to say all credit to my, my other half who basically sort of said, look, you've been in the industry long enough you've got more than enough runs on the board just give it a go um and there's obviously a gap in the marketplace for sort of bridging that really intimidating knowledge factor with ip and and business and how it all works because everyone just thinks oh my god it's intellectual property like what do i do and you know i don't think like i am all that brave i think i'm doing just as much as everyone else is doing out there and kudos to anyone doing their own thing I think, you know, it's really important not to glamorize the whole idea of going out and doing business for yourself because Definitely. Yeah, it's, it's not for everyone. It's not easy. It can be really, really lonely. And I was reflecting on um, my sort of first year in business recently when the business sort of turned one back in March and you know, there's things that people don't tell you about this lifestyle. Yeah, by all means, it's, you know, flexible. You get to be your own boss and stuff, but it's totally not easy. It's totally not glamorous, but I wouldn't change it for the world though. I'm, I'm still learning. I love that other people are doing it. And I think this is the way forward really. Um, and again, no disrespect to anyone who wants to do the nine to five. It's all about what is right for you and your lifestyle and what you want to achieve. So, Mm-hmm. Yeah, respect to anyone doing anything out there, contributing in whatever shape. Uh, way informed. Yeah. And then I think like it's in terms of the glamorizing thing, it's such a good point because sure you get the flexibility, but you get the flexibility to work, you know, 80 hours a week instead of 40 whenever you want to. You know? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And flexibility means, you know, you've got to stay like more productive, more focused. Um, the accountability levels are next level, really. Yeah. I love being able to sort of work by myself, certainly when I need to throw myself into something. But I, for a really social person like myself, working by myself, like for most of the day is really quite a taxing sort of thing. I love being able to collaborate with people, bounce off ideas and, you know, sound things out with someone else. Yeah. Um, just just for the interaction really because, yeah, you might think you know what you're doing but it's always welcome to sort of get someone else's perspective on things and um, just, yeah, I think you take for granted the social nature and the social interactions that um, a regular job or a regular sort of work environment can provide you. So I'm really missing that because I made some fabulous friends when I I moved to Brisbane and was working um, 
at the Institute. And yeah, so shout out to anyone who's listening. Uh, miss you guys. But yeah, I'll only come back when the humidity has dropped below 50%. <laughs> so there's one week in July where it's like that. So. <laughs> I'll pencil that in now. Uh, I completely agree though. Like I think there's um there's a meme going around at the moment where they talk about uh, how exciting it is when you first start working from home and then it gets to the point a few weeks later where you're wondering if Billy the Pigeon will come and talk to you, you know, by the window still. And I'm like, oh my God, that is completely how I feel about it. <laughs> so let's get into, I guess, what I kind of really drew you to me when I first came across your Instagram, which was, I think, oh God, maybe about four months ago, I think I came across you. And I just know, obviously, uh, coming from sort of a legal background, how bloody dry that sort of industry can be. And what I loved is that, you know, your branding and your marketing and everything was just so not like that. It was completely different to anyone else that I'd seen kind of working in IP or, you know, or law or anything sort of related to that. So, Number one, kudos to you. That's amazing. <laughs> but, <Thank> you. <laughs> um, but number two, like what really made you prioritize that when you were starting out with your business? Because a lot of people don't. Yeah. Well, for me, I, it was really funny. I was coming up with the, the brand and the name for the business and um, I chose Girl Friday IP because I thought, well, I've got to include the IP component just to give people some context around what it is that the business is about because if it was something completely abstract, I would spend half my time trying to explain it. Um, so the Girl Friday part really sort of just came really, really quickly to me because I've always been known in like sort of professional and social sort of circles as being the go-to. I'm the organizer of the group. Um, if I don't necessarily, it's not part of my sort of general job description or responsibilities, I'll always be happy to put up my hands to sort of find out at least where I can point people in the right direction. So I thought, oh, Girl Friday really, um, describes, how I'd like to be known. Um, I love it. I think it's so catchy. I actually, you know, before we got on this call, I actually Googled what Girl Friday meant. I don't know if that just makes me completely, uh, (laughs) completely hopeless, but I, (laughs) but after listening to that story, I was like, Oh, you know what? It is actually such a cool little name for kind of describing someone that gets in there and gets it done. Yeah, and it's a really old school throwback sort of uh, expression from like the 40s and 50s and even 60s um, for sort of like I suppose um, professional sort of admin staff, like women in particular. Um, it's a play on words from like Man Friday. Yeah, yeah. You know, someone who's really reliable, someone who's always the go-to, that sort yeah. of thing. Yeah. And it was really funny when I came up with the name, I thought actually this name suits me really well and I'm really happy with it because I'm not trying to fit a story to a name, which I think is sort of asked about. I think the name really actually just um, encapsulated my story and my branding and my message um, like really well. So that's why I thought, no, I'm going to stick with that because I didn't want to sort of be pushing a brand that didn't give me enough room to sort of or, or any scope to develop a brand identity, develop a really clear voice, that sort of thing. Yeah. And I remember my other half, um, who's also a patent attorney, he was um, saying, oh, no one's going to get it and, you know, it doesn't sound all that sort of professional. And I thought, hang on a minute, the whole purpose of this was not to be like everyone else. Yeah, you want to be different. 
Exactly. And in saying that, I'm not just being different for the sake of being different. I want to be memorable. And if people sort of, first and foremost, I think it's a really memorable name because of all the IP firms out there, you're definitely going to remember it. Absolutely. If someone sort of comes along and says, oh, hey, what's this all about? What a really nice icebreaker. I can sort of tell them, yeah, this is my story. This is what the business is about. And I think it'll come through really quickly why I chose that name. Um, so yeah, I, I loved it. Um, I have to say big kudos to the, um, the lovely team at Smackbang Designs who I went and gave them the brief of what I wanted. And I think they captured it pretty well because it was a fine line. Girl Friday in itself is, I suppose, quite, um, sort of feminine in a way, but I didn't sort of intend for it to be just, you know, working with women or for women by all means. I'm absolutely here to support females in business and women in business, but yeah, it was just, no, it was more of a, a modern take on things. And so I think they, they nailed the brief that I gave them. Absolutely, um, yeah. yeah, it's been amazing to sort of, the brand's given me such scope to um, be, yeah, just a lifestyle brand almost, mm-hmm. as funny as that sounds. I think just because mm-hmm. I'm in the professional services realm, why can't I have personality? Why can't I have a really um, approachable, really memorable brand just like any other business? I don't have to be, you know, like fee Nguyen and Co. Because frankly, like the SEO for Nguyen would just be terrible. I would never come up with <laughs> so the true. rankings. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and selling would be atrocious. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody would get it. Um, so yeah, that was my motivation and it's paid off in, in a really big way because, you know, I'm getting word of mouth referrals. Everyone's like, oh, Girl Friday, Girl Friday IP. Like, yeah, go, yeah. go see Fee, my Girl Friday. So yeah. it's, it's really um, great. Yeah, I can imagine that would happen because, yeah, it's just like it's really, really eye-catching like, and it's really cohesive as well. I think when a lot of businesses start out, they're still kind of finding their feet in terms of that brand side of things and I don't know like you just kind of you know really kicked off having someone kind of you know professional come in and really nail that for you I think it's kind of just lifted you up above pretty much everyone else like I can't think of another IP specialist you know what I mean but you come to mind straight away so that's awesome yeah and and look all kudos to them I really it was an investment for the business at the end of the day it wasn't just something you know fluffy like hey I want really nice business cards hey I want a really nice website by all means they're they're really important but I think aside from that branding is in itself the story the identity rather than all the peripheral stuff like that stuff can come later you can fit that but you have to nail that that brand identity and voice and really know where you want to position yourself, how you want to be perceived in the marketplace and everything else will fall into place. And, yep. um, you know, if you're sort of trying to yeah fit a story to a brand, it, it can be a bit hard. Whereas if you've got a brand that describes your story, I think is, uh, is probably the better approach, but that's just my very, very humble two cents, not being a branding <laughs> specialist. No, means. no, a hundred percent. And I'm actually really passionate about this at the moment because I feel like even though I kind of work in social media, a lot of people will come to me for help with the social media tools. So, you know, they want help with hashtags and they want help with scheduling or, you know, how do I get more followers and things like that? When, 
when I actually go in and look at the business, a lot of the time they're really starting at the end without thinking about, you know, number one, what's your brand? What do you want to be seen as in the marketplace? Really nail that. Number two, what sort of content do you want to get out there and how can you help people? And then the third step is the social media stuff. So I think, you know, your social media, when you look at it is really great. It's on point, but I think that's because you've nailed point one and two first. Yeah. And it's like any sort of business, everyone's like, oh, I've got this really great idea. Okay. Well, let's look at that idea first and foremost, and let's see what problem it is that you're hoping to target and how you want to solve it rather than sort of saying, this is the solution. Yep. I, I don't care or I haven't identified what the actual problem is yet or who needs it. And and that was the other thing that I kept in mind with the branding. I definitely wanted scope to not just be different for the sake of being different. I just wanted a platform and scope to be myself mm. um, because I love having a good laugh. I have the crudest sense of humour um, that you'll ever come across. <laughs> um, and so I thought it's my business. It's my personality. So why can't, yeah, why can't a professional service business, certainly in the realm of like intellectual property and such a dry topic, mm. have personality? In fact, it pays to have personality because, I want to get to know people. I want to get to know their business. This is not a get you in, get you out sort of type process. It's you need to feel comfortable enough to approach me, um, you know, be really honest with me about the problems that you're facing. So I wanted to just lower all those um, hurdles and that intimidation factor. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so important for a service business. So like most of the time, you know, it's just a person to person thing. You choose who you want to work with, especially if it's a service that someone's providing you based on whether you like them, you know, like it's given that you know your staff and you know what you're talking about, but you want to like the people that you're working with. So that relatability, like showing that in your marketing is like so important, I think. Um, it's really important to just disarm people of their expectations, I suppose, and hopefully pleasantly surprise them. Yeah. So, you know, I've, I've said to people that like forever and a day, look, intellectual property is an incredibly complex area, um, but, you know, my my business, my approach, and obviously, you know, what's required of me is to break that down so that you can understand it. I don't care how book smart you otherwise might be in your particular area, whether it's law, whether it's anything really, if you can't actually articulate it or communicate it with your clients at the end of the day and they don't know what they're getting themselves in for, I think that's the failure of the business, to be honest, and the failure of the service provider. So I'm really passionate about that. And one of um, my really core sort of um, priorities going in to setting up the website, for example, it seemed really frivolous to like my other half and anyone else from the outside looking in, but I worked really bloody hard on my value statement because first and foremost, I didn't see any other, certainly in the IP attorney realm, the, the bigger established firms, you know, again, no, no disrespect to anyone, but no one put their value yes. statement up. And I thought, that's really interesting. Do you not have a set of values? Or again, do you not really know what your identity is and what your your voice and your message is? So I did that for the purpose of really highlighting that I'm not out to win a popularity contest with everyone. This is my value as my value set as a person and it's no different to how I am in business. So if this resonates with you, happy days, we're going to get along just fine any day of the week. But If it's not and, you know, perhaps I'm a little too outspoken or you don't think 
um, these values align with yours, I respect that. There's there's another service provider out there who will align with what you're after, like personally as well as professionally. So I think, yeah, from a branding perspective as well as a business perspective, I think really sticking by your values or at least during the exercise of coming up with the whole branding suite and identity really sit down and think about what values you want to project out there. You don't have to necessarily spell it out with a value statement, but um, I think it really helps because people go, oh, yeah, Fee seems like someone I can talk to or Stevie seems someone like I can talk to because yeah. that's exactly how I feel or think about things. Yeah. I think what people struggle with, and like I've sat down and done that same exercise where, you know, you really get clear on what your mission is, what it is that, you know, you want to achieve and then what your yeah. vision is and then, you know, what your values are. It just seems so bloody hard to sit down and actually nut that out. Is that something that you found? Did you, yeah. kind of, you know, play with it for a little while and sit on it and go back to it? <laughs> From start to finish, I basically jotted down some words and then from the words I sort of culled that and thought, well, I don't need to spell out things like authenticity because that should really come out if I have the right, you know, copy Mm -hmm. and that sort of stuff and I articulate it correctly. So from start to finish um, with the value set that you see on my website, that took me three weeks to Yeah, because it was so um, important to me to get that right, to nail it and um, more to the point to make sure that, this was the statement that I really wanted people to, um, to to read but also summed me up in a really short, sharp, simple way about who I'm about, what the business is about um, and hopefully what the clients are about too. Yeah. So it was a really intensive exercise but I totally recommend it so important. to anyone. Yeah. So important. Like really get that down because I think once you have a clear idea from there, your branding sort of becomes quite second nature. Okay, yeah. yeah, this is what I'm about and all the other questions that you ask your clients through the whole branding um, side of things and social media, it'll all fall into place once you nail those, those principles, I think. Yep, 100% agree. Could not agree more. I just think that branding piece is absolutely critical and, look, a tip, I guess, for the listeners is it's the number one thing that I see as a social media person that businesses that come to me for social media help are lacking. They're completely missing that brand part the part that, you know, is basically telling their story and what they're about. And you really need to nail that, even though it's hard and, you know, you spend so much time laboring over it, but it's so important before you kind of try to, you know, get into hashtags and all that other stuff that will just kind of come. Yeah, really absolutely. Yeah. So I'm keen to know, I guess, in terms of the marketing that you're doing for the business, um, both social media, digital, online and off, how is it kind of working for you? You've been in business for, is it just over a year now? Just over a year now. Yeah. Um, I have to say social media has been really, really good for me. And it's because I don't think um, a lot of people in my particular area are using social media. And if they are, I don't think they're using it in the social sense, really. Um, yeah. Social media is supposed to be social at the end of the day. So, um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, you know, a lot of, um, if anyone can be bothered, obviously, feel free to go like looking at, um, you know, other IP firms and like you'll notice one thing really clearly. They say that they write for clients, but when you read it, it's just a lot of IP legalese. Even for someone who's in the profession like me, I read it and like, it doesn't grab me. It doesn't engage me. I understand the lessons that they're trying to teach and the take home messages, but I don't want to read this. Like I read enough case law as it is. I don't want to read just, you know, a, a sort of run of the mill summary. Um, 
And so part of my social media strategy was to do this blog. And the blog is effectively a summary of various uh, matters, um, you know, providing tips for people. But I thought, why can't I do this as a bit of a lifestyle approach, like a lifestyle blog, have a bit of an opinion. Um, and that's the other thing. I don't want to sit on the fence with things. I'm a human being. There's a, there's a human person behind this business and brand. Yes. Um, so, yeah, without obviously um, being really um, sort of soapbox-like and, you know, spouting out opinions everywhere. But, you know, if I sort of think it's a bit of a silly decision or if it's a silly thing that's going on, like, you know, why, why not say so? Um, because I'm sure someone else would appreciate the honesty, I suppose, rather than sort of saying, oh, you know, yeah, is this the advice I'm going to get? Yeah. Is Fee just going to sit on the fence? I need someone to be decisive at the end of the day. Yeah. And I actually like, I love your blog articles. I saw one a little while ago and I am just, I got out of law because I found it so freaking boring. I hated, as he said, just going through and like studying case law and all that sort of stuff. And so I'm not normally one, obviously, to read uh, those sort of articles, but I came across one that you had written on um, Zoe Foster Blake and yeah. she had basically brought out a range of being boss t-shirts, I think they were, and basically didn't realize, obviously, that the term boss was trademarked to someone else and, you you know, it was a whole kind of schmozzle, but I think the name of the article was like, don't go breaking my mark. And I was like, what the hell? And then I saw, you know, what the article was about. And it was just written in a really funny, humorous way. And I really resonated with it. And I'm obviously, you know, somebody that's potentially within your target audience. And it really maybe sort of, you know, attracted me to the article, but then also to your brand. Yeah. Oh, thank you. That That's exactly my intention. So I don't necessarily need the blogs or anything to sort of I suppose convert people into clients it's just a means of engaging with people first and foremost because um I thought it was a hilarious way that she'd handled it with absolute class by the way and I thought actually it raises yep. some really interesting issues that people aren't aware of in terms of you know choosing a trademark so I thought I'm going to use this as uh, a really great opportunity to highlight things um, from an educational, but a really fun, engaging educational way um, and just making it relevant to business owners. Because at the end of the day, all this case law, stuff that happens within the industry, you need to make sure that it reflects back onto the clients because they're at the end of the day going to be the ones that need the advice or need the information. So how does this um, how can I translate this to make it relevant for them so next time they're in um, a bit of a pickle or they're just sort of sitting around on a Sunday arvo thinking about IP like I would be? Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> but just thinking, Nobody does that. <laughs> um, so just thinking, oh, actually, yeah, now I understand it. These are the things that I need to be aware of next time and hopefully through that they'll also be like, oh, hey, Fee's probably someone I should probably talk to about it. That is purely the intention of it. I just want to be somewhere, you know, subliminal messaging like in the back of people's minds um, when they do yeah. come across like, you know, an issue or needing my particular services. It's not out to sort of sell yeah. anything to anyone. And it's really funny, all my socials, um, my blogs, my content really, it's really incredibly selfish. It's just shit that I really like. <laughs> <laughs> That's good because it means that other people will potentially be interested in it if you, you know, if you yeah. make it really simple and easy to understand. I, I just, I love humorous sort of um, articles about 
sort of random things. So I thought I'm going to interject that <laughs> with IP. So I, I, I read a lot of news. Like I, I'm a real night owl. So I spend like most of the witching hours, like scrolling through like Google news and news from, you know, every which where I can find it. But, um, yeah. And I thought, Oh, I think that's really hilarious. And so that's how it all stems. Okay. I'm going to post about this because I think it's really interesting. So I tend not to schedule yep. anything ahead of time. It's basically little nuggets of gold that I think are hilarious or can I sort of somehow um, provide this information in a really engaging sort of way for someone to be like, for reals or like, oh, okay, that's really interesting. <laughs> yeah, 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 cool. And do you write all of your own blog content? I do, yeah. So all the, the um, yep. copy on my um, website or my blogs – uh, it's all my sort of uh, doing. It takes a lot of work, so I'm not a. I, I don't feel that, like I'm yeah. a natural sort of writer, but I get it all down and then go back, and it's a real fine tuning process because um, I don't want it to be, you know, a bloody Harry Potter essay. I just want it to be short, sharp, and simple. But it's a balancing act. I don't want to be so vague that it doesn't really give the entire picture um, and can be misread. Yeah, it can be misread or, and that was the biggest thing for doing socials in the first place. There's so much misinformation out there about intellectual Mm -hmm. property because, you know, everyone thinks, oh, I've done my own trademark or I've got a patent, you know, so you can do this, that and the other. Well, actually, it very much is a business-to-business case. It's a case-by-case basis Mm -hmm. for everything. So, what might work for one business might not necessarily work for another. And it's no different from the stuff that you do with social media. Yes, there's general principles, but every business is different in terms of how they um, need to sort of, yeah, fit IP into their particular business plan, how they need to fit their social media into their particular business plan. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I just think that the way that you're doing it is, um, is, is really, really clever. And I think that a lot of businesses can learn something from it to be completely honest. <laughs> oh, <very good. laughs> yeah. So what platforms are you active on? Um, Instagram is definitely sort of my first and foremost platform only because I think I can get messages out really quickly. Plus I'm a real visual sort of person as well. So I, I really love yeah. Instagram. Um, Facebook is yeah. one that I'm sort of trying to build up more. It's definitely there. I've gotten a lot of um, traffic, I suppose, through Facebook, which is great because of various groups and um, communities that I'm part of on Facebook. It's great to have a Facebook page, but I'm very careful in the early days when I was really time when I'm still time poor, but I tend not to try and push too much social from Insta just on Facebook as a duplicate because Facebook's an entirely different means yeah. of communication and another conversation in itself. So I'm very, very wary of that. So I try and post some different things and, um, yeah, different styles, I suppose, on Facebook. Um, I set up a Twitter account, funnily enough, very, very early on, um, just because I wanted to make sure I could secure all the same consistent social media handles across all the channels that I wanted to use. So I didn't want to sort of find myself in a position where doing Girl Friday underscore IP for Insta and then, you know, Girl Friday. And that's a really good tip, actually, to, you know, like when you're starting out to make sure that you're securing all of your social media handles straight away. It's it's fundamental, like, um, you know, and yeah, this is a little bit of IP sort of relatedness stuff, which is coming up with a business name um, and, you know, the the brand that you want to use. First and foremost, I say, right, do a trademark search, do uh, by all means an ASIC search. But yeah, do do keep in 
mind as well, like social media handles, because you might not be available. And it's more for just consistency and also convenience for people trying to find you so they don't have to remember different variations. So yeah, I'm with you. I think consistency. Yeah. And also, again, it's, it smacks home that branding the entire time, you know, your Girl Friday IP or your Stevie Says Social like on all those channels. So, yeah. But, yeah, I, I set up Twitter just so I could secure it. Um, and I have to say Instagram and Facebook have been taking up a lot of my time and I neglected yeah. Twitter. And interestingly enough, I just started jumping back on like maybe over the last week and I did realise that people had tagged okay. me. And interestingly enough, IP Australia, which is the a government body that sort of manages um, IP, had tagged me in something. So I thought, oh, it's nice that my my social is oh. getting um, their attention of all people. And I was like, oh, shit, I really need to get oh, back on so Twitter. But it's not one that uh, I'm very active on because my target market isn't there. And in Australia, it's just not, it doesn't have the traction that it has traditionally had in the US and the UK, although that's kind of diminishing a bit as well. But um, I think like Twitter, I'm about to head over to the States um, next week for a huge trademark conference in Seattle. So I think Twitter's going to be a really nice platform just to um, yeah, get out some messages really quickly like while things are happening rather than, yeah, being more curated. So Yeah, it's really good for events um, and it's actually one of the only yeah. kind of social platforms as well. Like it really is a way that you can, if you want to, um, you know, get in contact with, you know, potential influencers to feature on your blog and that sort of thing, you can really easily get in touch with people and start conversations. So that's one of the benefits of Twitter. For sure. Yeah, so I've just got to manage now a third channel. (laughs) (laughs) You don't. I actually think that it's really great that you've gone all in on Instagram primarily, and I do recommend that. Kind of really kind of get in, master one, do a really good job of it, make sure that, you know, you're standing out, which you are, and then potentially move on or don't if one's working, you know, really well for you. It just depends on time and resources and things like that. So I'm such a big believer in that. That's such a great tip from you because it's – I. I've taken the Google approach to things. If you actually, if anyone sort of goes and reads their um, company value statement, you know, they're, they're really clear on that. We don't do everything, although it seems like they do everything, but um, we do a couple of really good things and we do it really bloody well, which is searching, you know, you're talking algorithms, searching for anything and everything. It is Google's like absolute jam. And that's what I think, yeah, whether it comes to marketing or even your own business, don't try and be a full service business or a full product range business if you don't really have any intention to put in the same amount of effort across the board I think that's such a huge investment of time do one or two things but do it really bloody well and that's how you stand out would not agree more love (laughs) (laughs) um and we've been chatting for a little while now but but I do have just one final question I guess you know, with the time and the resources and things that you're putting into your content and you're putting into your social what impact has it had on your business? Yeah, um, I have to say, obviously, being a newbie in, in business, I thought, okay, what is going to be my most effective way of getting some sort of marketing without sort of, um, you know, sort of spending all my money on really nice business cards, flyers or something mm-hmm. like that. So um, social media, I thought, you know what, I, I'm a fairly social person anyway with my own personal social media accounts. Um, I'm a big foodie, by the way. Um, <laughs> and so I thought, I'm just going to sort of apply the, the rules that um, and the things that I've learned through that, just through business um, and obviously not flooding my um, Girl Friday Insta with like food photos. Having said that, I am going to New York after Seattle. So, yeah, being <laughs> so watch out. Um, <laughs> it's coming. Um, 
Yeah, and I have to say um, I'm really grateful for the engagement that I've had. It's been a very slow and steady growing of followers. Yeah. Um, I don't have a huge number of followers in the grand scheme of things, but the engagement's definitely been genuine. Yeah. And through my um, social media, I've had, you know, numerous, um, like, yeah, word of mouth referrals or, hey, you've got to check out these stuff, you know, or, hey, this blog might be really interesting or, like, really relevant for you to consider. So I have to say the social media has been working really well and I think it has been worth the time that I've put in. Yeah. Um, I have to balance it, obviously, because you can spend forever in a day doing socials and it's a creative outlet too, so I love doing it because, um, you know, it's really fun. Yeah. Um, still sort of keeping me on top of my game in terms of what's happening out in the IT space, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I again, I think someone, uh, where did I read it? It was um, Tess Robinson from SmackBang. One of her blogs was amazing. Uh, it still sticks with me and resonates with me to this day, which she says, you know, having like huge numbers of followers on like Facebook or Instagram is like being rich in Monopoly. It's so true. So, well, I could not agree yeah. more. And especially for a service so, business, like you actually don't need correct. a gazillion followers that, you know, are potentially not going to ever be your ideal clients. You just want like a small, well, you know, if, if you can get a million followers that you you are your ideal clients and they're, you know, bang on great, but it's just not important for a service business it's just cultivating a group of people that will do business with you yeah and it's about you know the numbers I think help in terms of exposure but at the end of the day it's all about the conversion so if you're spending so much time on social and you've got you know tens of thousands of followers if it doesn't actually equate at the end of the day to sales of your your product or um yeah clients for your services I think well is that really a great use of your time probably not um, so yeah, it's a real fine balancing act, but I have to say for me, I'm really grateful for social media and how it's, um, been really helpful and crucial to my business because it's helped me get my brand out there, which I'm really proud of obviously. And I, I want my brand out there. And also I, you know, without sounding incredibly arrogant, there's not a lot of people <laughs> in the IP profession using social media in the way that it should be used. So like in terms of competition, not that I'm always looking to sort of try and keep up with the Joneses, but I thought I'm just going to carve out my own path. Like anyone else can use social, but I really enjoy using social for the social aspect. Um, And it's paid off in dividends, like through clients and referrals and just getting exposure. But yeah, I don't have a lot of competition, so to speak, in this space because yeah. I suppose, yeah, everyone's chasing billable hours, whereas I'm still building my business. And yes, I've got, um, you know, sort of obviously trying to make money in the meantime, but it's more a much bigger picture for the business, which is I want to be known for someone that you can talk to about these things, someone that's approachable. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, someone who you probably want to just have a drink with, because that's how I sort of, um, you know, that's my <laughs> benchmark for people as well. Is this someone that I can actually have a chat and a drink with? Like, yeah, this is cool. <laughs> totally. Could not agree more. <laughs> Uh, you passed that test for me, so there you go. Okay, so you just have to pass now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, thanks so much, Fee. That was awesome. And I think, you know, it's just a really good kind of reminder. If, you know, you're in an industry that there isn't kind of a lot of competition on social, it's not necessarily an indication that you shouldn't go there because others haven't. It's actually an opportunity to really stand out and kind of, you know, make your own marks. So thank you so much for being on the podcast and for all of your insights um where can people find you um first off thank you so much for having me i love chatting to you and this yeah it wouldn't be a podcast it would just be a recorded conversation if we continued on um 
totally. You can definitely find me on Insta at Girl Friday IP. Um, and it's the same across the board, Facebook and Twitter. Feel free to go find me. Um, I'm on LinkedIn as well. LinkedIn is, yeah, another channel. Let's talk about that for another day. Um, and um, my website is girlfridayip.com. So, yeah, consistency across the board there just to make life easy for everyone because I know people are busy and you don't want to go looking forever in a day for where, where I am. <laughs> exactly. And there you have it, guys. I hope you enjoyed that interview as much as I enjoyed recording it. I think the biggest takeaway in that one is the importance of branding. It is so, 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 so important. And it's something that Fee has really nailed. And it's then reflected in everything she does from her social media to her blogging to all of the things. And I think a lot of small businesses can learn something from that. So if you would like to see the show notes, head over to Stevie says social.com forward slash 23. All of Fee's details are on there as well. And until next time, I will see you then. Bye.